0: We had several weeks of troubles and trials in our messages and how we are to maybe, like Paul, he had an attitude, a right attitude in the afflictions. And then, um, again, allowing God to work in us and through us in those troubles and trials and to see what God wants to do. It's those times that we are under a burden that we're strengthened. (laughs) And uh, that's my message as far as the title goes. I have benefits and blessings of a burden. Benefits and blessings of a burden. And Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to read the first 10 verses. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if, and then, of course, that law of Christ is loving the brethren, that new commandment that he gives us there in John. When we we discussed that in our, in our adult Sunday school for those that wasn't here. Um, for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself um, alone and not in another for every man shall bear his own burden. So we see the two burdens there. Verse number 2, that we're to bear one another's burden, and in verse number 5, we're to bear our own burden. And so there's that. So verse number 6, Let him that is taught in in the Word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let, not, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. So there's our, loving our neighbor. There's loving our enemy. Right. So let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. There's our brethren, loving one another. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for this, another opportunity to be here. Thank you for the safe travels for myself and Lisa last night as we come in through the traffic, keeping us safe. Uh, We pray and ask that you would uh, just bless the time here as we look into the Word of God. Thank you for those that are here. Pray, Lord, that you bless those in the services elsewhere and uh, that you bring them back safely to us and and, uh, at the Next appointed time uh, that we can gather in together as a church family. I ask and pray that you would be with all those that are sick and afflicted in our church family uh, and uh, our church uh, They have been attending the church of, of late. Lord, pray for Roy as they find out all that's going on with his cancer. Give grace to him. Pray, Lord, for his sister as well, dealing with some health issues. Uh, move upon her I pray, Lord, for uh, thanking you that Miss Debbie was or is able to be here with us today and for giving healing and help to her and her not having to have the surgery. Uh, that was uh, an answer to prayer, uh, a prayer request that she put out. She was uh, fearful of that. And thank you, Lord, for uh, that not having to, have, uh, having to happen. But, Lord, that you give grace and help to her uh, as she continues to heal others facing surgery, move upon them, and, uh, Lord, work everything out for thy glory and for the honor in that. Uh, Lord, I pray again that you'll just take the word of God and, and take us, help, help us to take it uh, to our hearts and to live thereby. And we pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen. So we have our personal burdens to bear, verse number 5. I'll report that out. And we're to bear others' burdens as well, verse number 2. And then, of course, uh, uh, a burden will prompt three, three things. I don't think we're going to be too awful long today. Uh, not, I preached an hour when I preached this on Friday. I just have a feeling in my heart, because, especially because of what was said in Sunday school hour, uh, some of the things that uh, we we're going to tie in, but who knows? The Lord will, Lord will get into it. Hopefully, we will get into it, and that we can um, uh, just get, get what the Lord wants us to have this morning. Uh, but as I was, um, again, thinking about tro- troubles and trials and then... Uh, 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 one thing, another, Lord gave me this message here and these three points, and we put some scripture to them um, uh, as I was thinking about these. And again, in the last several weeks, we've talked about trials. And then, of course, like I told you several weeks ago, you know, in about uh, two or three sermons on troubles and trials, I said, hang on because they're headed our way, and, and we can just go around the room and everybody's got something going on. Everybody, everybody. And, uh, you know, some fakes and surgery, like I said, some recovering from surgery, some, uh, you know, just uh, the different things going on, whether it's physical or other things in your lives. We could all, and it seemed like it's come, you know, since revival uh, that just, it just kind of fell on our church. But, again, as we was preaching during the time of those, you know, those messages on the troubles and trials, having an attitude like uh, Paul in his afflictions uh, you know, the, the right attitude in our afflictions uh, to uh, that God would give the glory, that we, that he, that we would be yielded unto him uh, to allow him to use that trial to tune us up, amen, in the areas that we need tuned in. Uh, in Romans chapter 6, yielded, you know, yielded, uh, our, we yield ourselves as instruments of the sin, Unto unrighteousness, or to God unto righteousness. So we need to yield ourselves to God unto righteousness, and He uses tribulations, worketh patience. Romans chapter five, uh, to just to kind of re, re, rehearse that again. Uh, tribulation worketh patience. Patience uh, experience and experience hope. Right, and so, but but we talked about those tribulations being the the tensioner on those strings, on that guitar, and we as instruments, he uses that trial to bring tension onto our lives and to work to tune us up. And he tunes us up individually. He tunes us up as families. He tunes us up as a church that we can be harmonious in his praise. It all goes back to his praise and praise back into his name and be harmonious. And like I pointed out there, uh, you know, in that message, we could have a little tuner, and the tuner here needs batteries, uh, but we have that tuner there that we can tune to the tuner. Uh, and then if and some people can take the tuner and tune, 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 tune to the tuner, that's hard to say, tune to the tuner, too many T's there, tune to the tuner, and if we pass the tuner around to all of those instruments, we, they would be in tune, but if, if I was sitting in here and tuned the bass to the tuner, and Brother Tim took the, you know, before he got here or whatever, he, he just took the guitar, maybe one string was out of tune, and he tuned it to the guitar based on the other strings. Now, the, the, whole, the whole guitar would be in tune with itself, but it might not necessarily be in tune with the bass. And then we could have the bass and the guitar here, and we'd start playing, and maybe both of those would just be a little bit out of tune in comparison to the piano and where it's tuned. And so the way to fix that would be to tune those instruments to the piano so that all those instruments are tuned to the same instrument and so that they would work together and sound right and then work, and that's, that's how our lives can be. If we can all be tuned to God, there's the, there's the central tuning tuning device and allow Him to work in each of our lives, then we as a whole can make a joyful noise and praise unto Him, and so there was, and there was that. But in in all that, and since then, we know again being yielded to His, to His workings in our lives. When it comes to the things that He puts on us, you know, then and that's been my theme, and I, that's when God has continued to have me preach. Uh, and then He gave me these talking about these burdens. So. So we see the burden there in verse number 2, but we see burden also in verse number 5. So a burden will prompt three things. A burden will prompt three things. For every man shall bear his own burden. A burden will prompt a search for relief from the burden. If it's heavy enough or we carry it long enough. A burden will prompt a search for relief from the burden... If it's heavy enough, or if you carry it long enough, uh, the one time that uh, Miss Sherry rode with Lisa and I down to whatever, I guess Fifth Sunday or camp or whatever it was, she had taken the Pilgrim's Progress book with her to read. <laughs> she didn't, <laughs> but uh, on the way down, but she had taken it. You know, th- getting back into that story again. And and anybody who's familiar with Pilgrim's Progress, it is uh, an allegory written by John Bunyan. And while he was in prison, a Baptist preacher, by the way, while he was in prison, uh, and the Lord let him write this book. And it's been a classic uh, in uh, in Christian circles for a long, long time. Anyway, the, the main story in the book is called Christian. Imagine that. All right, so Evangelist, another character in the story, comes to Christian's village and preaches the gospel. All right, talking about the pilgrimage journey. So once um, he's told of this celestial city, and so Evangelist comes, tells of the celestial city. It prompts something in Christian's life to go and seek that city. He starts out with a few, but they fall by the wayside pretty quick. In fact, they get to the wicket gate, (laughs) And that's as far as they went. So Christian goes on, but he, he's under a burden. And that burden that he's under is his burden of sin. And he seeks to be loosed of that burden because that burden of sin is heavy. And he loses his burden when he gets to Calvary, that burden of sin. He gets to Calvary and he goes up Calvary's hill and as he gets to the foot of the cross, the burden of sin is relieved from Christian. And that's where sinners' burdens, one, the sinner has to be under the burden. He has to be of uh, 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 not of earthly sorrow for their sins, but that godly sorrow for their sins becomes a burden. We talk about it as godly sorrow. We talk about it as conviction on the sinner. And, and, And there was conviction here last week, I'm just telling you. God, the Holy Spirit, was here last week, both services, and was setting down on sinners in last Sunday morning service. Nobody moved for salvation, but the burden, and I'm praying that the burden becomes heavier and heavier because the heavier it gets or the longer you carry that burden, it makes you seek the relief for the burden. And and when applied to sinners, that's what we want. As you know, we want sinners to be burdened over their sins so that they seek relief. I can't give them relief. I'm not the Pope. And the Pope, by the way, can't give you relief either. <laughs> I can't give you relief. You have to seek Jesus. And He's the only one that can give you relief. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. There's where you're going to get relief. But you got to get under the burden. And if a sinner will get under the burden, long enough and it becomes heavy enough the more that he will or she will seek the Lord to re- get relieved of that burden and like we testified last Sunday morning when I got saved it was as you know it was as if you know there was just that peace that passeth all understanding there, there was just a peace that come to me they were you're not saved as I said last week you're not saved by feelings but you feel saved when you are saved and um that peace, that burden fell off. I no longer carried, I was free from the burden of sin. Why? Because I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, who had done who had already abolished sin. But I have to accept that free gift of eternal life. And when I did, then my sins were no longer a burden to me. Hallelujah. But so you search for a relief from the burden if it's long enough. Or if you carry it heavy enough, Christ was under a burden. Christ sought relief. Uh, if Matthew chapter 26, hold your place there in Galatians 6, but Matthew 26, uh, we read of Christ in the garden. Everybody understands you know, this passage. Uh, but Christ was under a burden. He sought relief. Christ sought relief in Matthew chapter 26 from his Burden. Let's look in verse, uh, let's see here. <clears throat> verse, well, let's go to 36. Then Jesus, then cometh Jesus with him into a place called Gethsemane and saith unto, his, unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. There's that burden. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, Here, here he is seeking relief. O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not, I, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, what, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me. He, he sought it to pass away from him, in verse 39, but he's accepted it. Here in verse number 42, that it wasn't going to pass. Well, he had already told his disciples he must needs Go to Jerusalem. And he already told his disciples the things that were going to happen to him there, that he was going to suffer and he was going to die. Of course, Peter rebuked him. (laughs) Not so, Lord, you know. And so, but he accepts this. Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So we see in Christ's life, That he had been put under the burden of the cross and the cup that he must bear, that the sins of the whole world was going to be laid upon him, and he sought relief for that burden. It was a heavy burden, one that we couldn't bear by no means. But we also see an example in second in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul had that thorn of the flesh put upon him? Second Corinthians, did I say? Second say, yeah. Corinthians, twelve, verse number seven. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of, my, of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. That it might depart from me, and he said unto me, "My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so Paul here, and I appreciated. you You can tell when a preacher moderates a meeting, and he don't get you know he's the pastor and he doesn't preach. He gets a little preachy in between times like I do, in between preachers. And after I got done preaching on Friday morning, then Brother Brunson brought this out and and the fact that I never had considered it, but Brother that Paul had, had besought the Lord three times about that thorn in the flesh. And Paul didn't get an answer after he sought the Lord the first time. Paul didn't get an answer after he sought the Lord the second time. But he sought the Lord, you know, about that thorn. And then finally, after the third time, he besought the Lord. Then the Lord gave him the answer, my grace is sufficient. You know, so we can, you know, he was under the burden though. That caused him to seek relief. Yes. It caused him to seek relief. May I use you guys as an example? So so Brother, Brother Crow here's has had some health issues and health problems. And so when they were here before, they talked about, you know, of course they had two meetings after they parked here before, down in Texas. They got the second one and the the health issues manifested themselves where they needed to seek some relief a little quicker than they thought that they would. And they they sought, you know, they knew they was going to check into the VA at Dallas, they were going to check into the VA here, and here could get them in sooner than. Dallas could, and, and and one of the things that Brother Crow had been misdiagnosed with years ago, he said he's had a headache for 20-plus years because he was misdiagnosed, a, a headache every single day for 20, almost 30 years, every single day. Can you imagine that? But then they got, and he said in the prayer room when he was testifying of that, that he, like Paul, besought the Lord, Lord give me some relief and then all these years later the Lord put him into a place uh, into a place with a doctor that properly diagnosed the issue and has given him medicine that he's finally getting some relief for that continual headache what a blessing but it But I say that, so there's Christ's example, there's Paul's example, and there's an example sitting here. And then you can look at others, that you, when you're burdened heavy enough and long enough, you carry a burden long enough, you seek relief. We pray that for the sinners. But then uh, in application to the saints, you know, just like Paul here in the example that he got, once Christ, or once God, Christ, gave him the answer, it's in red, (laughs) My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul accepted that. He accepted that. Now, was he ever going to get rid of that burden? No. But he accepted the burden he was put under. He said, most gladly. Gladly. Can we accept our burdens with gladness? the blessings of a burden, the benefits of a burden. It makes us seek help. Sometimes we find relief. Paul didn't find relief here. Jesus Christ didn't find relief. He, had, he drank of the cup, and I thank the Lord for the world's sake that he drank of that cup. But he sought relief. But then he says, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that really goes into my last point that I didn't preach on Friday, so thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. Because that goes right with my text in Matthew here in this a little while. That the power, what does he say right there? That the power of the Lord, yeah, the power of Christ may rest upon me. He realized that there was a work to be done with the burden in his life. And he we got glad in it. There's his attitude in his affliction. All right? I mean, that's another attitude of affliction that we didn't bring up last time. So there's Paul as example. So it makes us seek relief when we carry it, when it's heavy enough or long enough. And so the, we know, based on the troubles and the trials and the tribulation kind of preaching that we've done, that the Lord may put a burden on us to seek some relief. And it could be the sinner... The burden of sin is on them to seek salvation. It could be a burden that the Lord has put upon you for your children that drives you to the altar for their sake. So that you seek relief. I mean, you seek their salvation. You know, and, and I and I, I did this uh, after I, you know, you do things and after you get done, you're like, what did I do? So, while I was there. And I've got, you know, seven of my seven children. I've got three that's not serving the Lord. One is a hit and missing kind of church, one's not in church at all. One, yeah, two of them probably hit and miss. Now it does say they're going to heaven. All three of them will. Because they, they there was a time in their life that they made a profession and went through the baptistry. But they're not living like they know Jesus. And I don't think that they know Jesus. And there are times that they will do things because they're an adult and they are out of mom and daddy's house. They will do things and say things straight to our face and it's as if they take that knife, drive it into our heart and then just give it a good twist because they know what that's going to do to daddy. And what that's going to do to mama, it's going to, what, burden us. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. You know, when, I mean, I know there's folks in here that have tattoos. I believe that once you're saved, you will have a desire not to go get another one. But I've got some. Well, there's three that I'm talking about. All three of them now have Tattoos. And then one of them just the other day, in in you know, in conversation. When when my grandparents die, I'm gonna go get a, some more ink, in in remembrance of them. I'm like, don't do that. Just get a photograph. <laughs> but just to see what I'd say about it, just to, just to push that knife and twisted a little bit harder in my heart. You know what I'm saying? But what should that do to me that should give me a burden more for that child of mine? And it should drive a certain action in me. Yes, amen. Not to lash out necessarily, but to be there for them, to take them in prayer that God would intervene and keep them from that God would put a burden of sin on them. I've prayed for some of my children to literally be put into the deep, that God would get their attention. Pray. and It's difficult. Pray a whale to swallow them up. Pray for a fish to swallow them up. You say, well, that's pretty harsh, isn't it, Brother Bell? Well, did he get Jonah's attention? (laughs) Well, oh, yes. You think that if they went to the bottom of the sea in a in a, in a great fish or a whale's belly, that they would get their attention? You say, well, that would be very difficult as a parent to see them go through that type of suffering. To see they'll, they'll go through that kind of affliction. Yes, it would. But like I said, I would rather they go through an affliction that would drive him to the Lord on this side of life and spend eternity in heaven than to know that they're going to die lost and spend eternity in the lake of fire. Are you burdened for your children? Are you as a sinner here this morning burdened for your particular sin? Are we as the children of God, the saints of God, burdened for the sins of others? to the place where we seek relief? Does it, does it wake us up in the middle of the night? Do we fall out of the covers to the side of the bed and seek relief for the burden that God has put on us for their souls? Whew. Help me now. A burden will will prompt a search for relief from the burden if it's heavy enough or if we carry it long enough. Do we pray for a burden? Lord, give me more of a burden for my children. Give me more of a burden for the loss in general. There are people in my past that's prayed that. Give me more of a burden so that I might seek relief from the burden. But in seeking relief from the burden, if I'm burdened for your sin, then I'm praying that God would burden you in your sin. And that when you got relief from your sin, that will relieve my burden for your sin. See how it works? The second thing a burden will prompt is assistance to bear the burden. We see that in verse number 2 the assistance to bear the burden to look to someone for help. I gave the example Friday morning when uh, uh, Josh Huffman was mowing here. He was over here mowing, so he's already mowing here. So I come over and got the tractor and mowed mine, got the church's mower and mowed mine. So right here in the last little bit that he was mowing, his drive belt broke on his tractor, and his trailer's kind of high, and he normally just drives up his mower onto his trailer bed. And when he messed around with it one thing or another, and he's like, I think he actually left for a while and got the drive belt, but uh, he was going to need more tools and things to get it put on. So we got to the point where he said, you know, I'm just going to load this up. But then he's looking at the trailer and he's looking at, the, you know, everything. And like, you know, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a burden to put this tractor up in there without being able to drive it up those ramps. Could he have gotten the job done? With I mean, because I was saying, in my mind, when I come over here and find out what's going on, I was trying to think if I have that come along. And then if I did, where in the world it would be? <laughs> that was my problem. Uh, and all my stuff. Anyway, when it came down to it, he backed the trailer down, kind of where the, the tractor was, put his ramps out, and then to, the, together we got the, you know, with a little effort, but two, it's better than one, the Bible says, the two working together in the single burden got the job done. We were able to get it on up, and we were able to get it on there, but if he had been here by himself trying to do it by himself, not that he sought my relief or my help that day, but I offered my help and it worked out that way, but if I would if, if have looked over and he was trying to do it himself for me to come over and help him out, or for him to say, hey, I can't get this by myself. But so many times, <laughs> we want to do it ourselves. We, get a, we have a burden on us and we know we need help. But we are too proudful, proudful, yeah, too full of pride, there we go, to ask for help. Whether it's on the altar and ask the Lord for help in our burden, like Paul did, or whether it's seeking another to help bear our burden. We brought out here a while back, and I meant to bring it out in... um, Brought it out last week, actually, I think. Uh, I meant to bring it out Friday, but I didn't. But I'll, I'll hit it this morning when we spoke of in Matthew chapter 18 uh, when two agreeing touching heaven in Matthew 18 and verse 19. There we go. If I get it right here in a second, there we go. He no, I'm in the wrong place. Matthew 18. Oh, there we go. I am in the wrong place. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I shall say unto you that if t- two of you shall agree on earth as touching heaven, as touching anything, that they may that that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Let me read that again. Again, I say unto you that if Two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Two agree touching anything. Help with your burden. My father-in-law, as my pastor, pointed out that scripture, and where two or three are gathered together is in the same passage, but where two agree touching anything, Heaven, anything touching heaven. He brings it down to the married couple. And where two, verse number 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. He brings it down to the married couple, the married saved couple, so that the two of you in, your, in the privacy of your home can touch heaven He's in the midst when you gather in Jesus' name in the home, too, the married couple. So mama's got a burden for their children. What about daddy getting a burden? And can't the mama and the daddy both together agree that our children need to be saved? And both of you share that burden? Verse number two, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So you can do that as a couple, married couple, but then as brothers and sisters in Christ, loving the brethren, that law of Christ, love one another. Speaking of the children of God, if I see you in need, I see you under your burden, why can't I come along and help you out? Why can't you seek some help? There have been times people say, you know, they have to swallow their pride though. And they come to the church and say, I've got this going on. They come to the pastor, come to the deacon, come to the men, whatever. And they say, this is going on in my my life. Can the church help? Can someone in the church help? Maybe you go to an individual brother or sister. Whether it's a burden, something to pray for, whether it's a burden, something to do physically, whether it's a burden, something to do financially. Seek help if you're burdened. When you realize that you need help, and swallow your pride and ask for it. There's, there's a problem, especially with us men. We want to do it ourselves first, and we want to try and try and try and try and try. We say, do that in prayer where we, we say, no, Lord, I got it this time. <laughs> and he says, okay, we'll, we'll watch and see. And he lets you try and lets you try and lets you try and lets you try. Finally, you call out unto him, Lord, I need some help. Or maybe there's a brother that's offered the help. Nope, that's okay. I, I got it. When you really don't, and you know you don't, but you won't let you let pride get in the way, and you won't let your brother help. Look, that's what we're there for. That's the Christian life. We've seen that in Matthew chapter 25 in Sunday school. When did you do these when, when did we do these, to, these things to you, Lord? When you helped the least of my brethren. That's when you did it for me. That's when you did it to me. When you helped out a brother, you helped me out. I mean, you helped me out. The example in Matthew 25, it's there. So help us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Loving one another to the point where we're helping getting up under the burden with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So, let's see here. So, three things. A burden will prompt a search for relief from the burden if we carry it long enough or if it's heavy enough. A burden will prompt the assistance to help bear the burden or for you to look through someone for help. So, two things. One, it helps us look around if we're right. Help us to look around for our brothers and sisters in Christ that needs needs something that we can come alongside of and say, here, let me help you out. Or on the other side of it, if you need help out, don't just be too proud to say, hey, brothers and sisters in Christ, I need some help. Because we are to bear one another's burdens. And it says we will fulfill the law of Christ to love one another in helping one another bear the burdens. Thirdly, a burden will prompt a satisfaction in knowing we are tasked for an important role or work. In our text, verse number four. So back up to five. We're going to go on to five and then back to four. For every man shall bear his own burden. So back up to four. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Sometimes the burden is yours. It's yours alone. And when you gladly, like we pointed out with Paul, Paul's thorn in the flesh was Paul's thorn in the flesh. Nobody could help him out. God's grace was sufficient. I could, he couldn't, whatever the thorn was, I know it's been debated Eyesight and a lot of other different things. The Bible just simply says Satan buffeted him and it was a thorn. And it kept his pride down. It kept him from being exalted because of the revelations that he had seen. But I couldn't, that was his to bear and his alone. Nobody could come alongside and help him bear that. They ministered to him in other ways. We see that in the scriptures. Financially and other means, uh, when he was in prison in Rome, Onesimus came and ministered to him there in the prison. So we see there's other other burdens and other means to be able to serve Paul, but the, the, but the thorn in the flesh was his and his alone. He sought the Lord. The Lord gave him grace. He gladly accepted that. And there's times that we have a burden that's yours and yours alone, mine and mine alone to bear. Help us to get to the place, number one, where we accept it gladly. And say, Lord, this is it. And so be it. Help, give me grace, and I will gladly accept this and go on. Now, this verse number four here kind of gives, you know, and I look for an example, the burden, I gave the example down there, of, of, you know, my brother and I, when my dad would mow, or get ready to mow, when he wasn't a mower, I mean, in the fact that, I mean, he didn't, like, mow it on a certain day every week. He let it get a little high every now and then, so anyway. And it wasn't until my stepmom said, Charles, don't you think you need to mow the yard? <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. That kind of sort of attitude, but anyway. But he lived in a place in Crab Orchard, Tennessee, And uh, had a lot of trees. And my brother and I's job were to pick up sticks. Go pick up them sticks, boys. I need to mow. We want to mow, Dad. We want to use the mower. No, go pick up sticks. I'll mow. So that was our job. We picked up sticks so Dad could mow. And we didn't like picking up sticks. And what's really messed up is because of my attitude about picking up sticks for Dad... I got a house in Kentucky that had a bunch of trees, and guess what? I had to pick up my own sticks and mow. <laughs> God fixed me, right? So anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I picked up the sticks, and then Dad would mow. But we were like, Dad, we want to mow. Dad, we want to weed eat, you know? And then that, that finally the time comes where they felt big enough. They felt that we were big enough to put the weed eater in our hand. So he, <laughs> you know, we're out there trying to weed eat like this, and it's just everything that we do to hold the thing up, let alone try to steer this thing and, you know, not whack off some flowers and get the weeds instead of the flowers. So, But there's a burden. So we're put under the burden. We finally we sought that burden. Lord, Dad, give me a burden. Okay, here it is. Let me start it for you. So we're out there, and we are... Happy that we finally got the burden. We're happy that we finally got something that we could work with, but it's, he- we're, it's heavy, and the longer we're out there with it, it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. But when we get done, we look back, and we look at our accomplishment, and we, and we as it says, if every man prove his own work, and he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. We took upon ourselves the burden. We prayed our way through the burden, or we we did what we needed to do to get un- relieved of the burden. But we look back and we say, Hey, you know, my job, my, my accomplishment is a blessing. I was able to, to take this that was heavier than what really I expected. And it got heavier the longer I was holding it. But I used it, and we got the job done, and it looks good. We can rejoice. So let's turn it around here. And I've already alluded to it. We pray for a burden of sin to be placed upon our loved ones that are lost. So we are under the burden for our lost loved ones. We pray that their loved one, that, that, that the Lord would really put the... Uh, the burden of sin and conviction heavy upon them, and then when they do get saved, then we're glad that we got under that burden for them. Because, again, they got relief of their burden. Now we can pray for, Lord, burden us for somebody else. And and that kind of helps us. That's our burden to carry. And then when the Lord maybe answers that prayer then we can look back and, and we can rejoice. We can say, thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for saving my son, saving my daughter, saving my co-worker. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, get, put somebody else on my heart to pray for. You're, you, you, it's a blessing to be under a burden because that prompts, in this rejoicing, prompts you to seek more of a burden because he gets the glory in it all. That brings me down to this. All right. So, so it, well. Rewind. Let me read that again. A satisfaction in knowing we are tasked for an important role or work. The, God may task you. He doesn't call everybody to preach, but it was. A, and I testified it was a burden when I was being called to preach until I understood that it was a call to preach, and then accepted my call to preach. Then that burden was on me. We have burdens as parents. We've alluded to that all morning. We have burdens for our children. We have just burdens of financial burdens and burdens, of, you know, there in the home. But seek relief. If somebody comes along and gives you a little help along the way, accept that. Don't be too proud proud to accept it. You know, I like green handshakes. Not that I'm not asking for one, but when they come my way, I like them. You know, what's a green handshake? Is when somebody cups a piece of money in your hand and Gives you that handshake and then transfers that money. I like them. I mean, and most of the time they come just, you know, There's was one time when I, you know, I, it was hard to take them. But knowing that they're going to receive a blessing and knowing when I've given people green handshakes, I've received a blessing, then it's easier to do and it's easier to receive. But they could be going through something and just the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to, Shake their hand. Oh, you've given me something to shake their hand with. Thank you, Lord. So normally I don't have any. Normally I'm the one receiving. But every now and then I can get to give. But most of the time when I'm receiving, it's because I need it. There's been times, meetings that you get to and you say, I don't know, I'm I'm here, Lord, but I don't know how I'm leaving. (laughs) Literally, people don't understand that. We've been there. We testify to that at my dinner table. Get to somewhere and you just don't know. And then God just lays it on somebody's heart to provide the need. Now, I could say, I could be, you could be proudful in that. Say, no, brother, thank you, but, but it's just like, you know, you're out there drowning. There's a guy comes in a rowboat, says, hey, get in. No, I've been praying for the Lord for a lifesaver. Oh, no, you're looking for a lifesaver. He sends you a boat, and you don't get in. Why? Just get on in. He answered the prayer. So Matthew chapter 11, this is my final text, Matthew 11. <clears throat> you know, you've heard it before. Jesus saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you under a burden? Are you heavy laden? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I was, I used the example there Friday. Um, there is a working 18 whatever year farm in i think 1880s farm in land between the lakes there in Kentucky it's um i don't know if it's a national or state i think it's a national not national park but it's a national whatever anyway they got a working farm they got a you know a bison and elk range and they got this working farm you go out there so you can show your kids the way they did it in 18 80s or 60s or whatever it was and they do it exactly like they did they they're dressed there are people that's dressed in that dress of the day you know you might catch them in harvest season where they're you know they're on the back porch breaking beans and they're taking them in and they're putting them up or if they didn't can them back then they might have made those yeah strung them up sewed them together and just let them dry but they did it exactly the way they were doing it there. And there was a yoke of oxen that was uh, that were that was standing there. They had been plowing with them that day. They, their backs was this tall, huge. And we went out to the barn. My family and I was um, visiting there. Went out to the barn and there was uh, the fella. He was uh, part of the barn. Had a little wood shop. Uh, in, the instruments and the things that they used around the farm there. And they had the uh, they had a the fella was using a draw knife. Making something. And on the wall was a single yoke. And on the wall was a double yoke. And so I took that time to point the, to the double yoke. And I said, do you know what this is to my children? They said, no. I said, well, when we went by the oxen out there, they, they had these around their neck. They were yoked together said, do they have a single yoke that they use or do they have a double yoke? And like the oxen, they were double yoked. And I said, just, and of course, the guy was over there doing the draw knife and I'm preaching to my children. I'm preaching to him, but anyway, I'm talking to my children, but he's listening. You know what I'm saying? One of those deals. And I said, just like in Matthew, when it talked about taking, Jesus saying, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So that's what it's talking about. Point to this yoke. It's hanging on the wall there. And I said, And it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now you are in the yoke. You're like, wait a minute. I'm in the yoke, but isn't that a burden? (laughs) Yes, it is. But you're in the burden with, or in the yoke with the Lord. It's His yoke. You're just entering in with the Lord. And so... So in that, and so as I seen those great big oxen, I thought that they that ox was a different animal. It's not. It's a regular old cow, old steer out here. But they have been trained to be (laughs) to to pull the plow, and and you get two of them. They say normal normal. You you set aside a couple of steers, and you begin to train them together. Or you have one that's already trained and you put a, a young steer with them and they, they begin to train together. And so when you do that, then the, the larger one is really pulling <laughs> more of the load. But the, the, the new one comes along until he builds his strength that then, and they're able to, to pull the yoke together. Then the, the one that's a stronger one is actually holding and pulling the bigger part of the load. Both are in the yoke. Both are under the burden of the plow. But the stronger one is actually really taking the burden, most of the burden. And when we enter into the yoke with the Lord Jesus Christ, when we seek Him for relief from the burden of sin or the other burdens that the Lord has allowed us to carry... Placed upon us because he knows what's best for us. And then we will enter into that burden with him. We will find out that his grace, like he said, Paul, is sufficient. We will find out that yoke (laughs) that we're entered in with, he's really carrying the load. You know, you've read the little poem about him carrying this and the footprints in the sand and all that other stuff. And it's true. But it's, we should be walking, on this scenario, we'd be walking alongside. You'd be both sets of footprints, except he really is carrying the load. I'm in my yoke with him, but his yoke is easy. His burden is light, but I have entered in the burden with him. That's the key. Pride gets us every time. No, Lord, I can take care of myself. Okay, we'll see how long that happens. Tell you humble yourself. Get into the yoke with the Lord. And you'll find out his burden is easy, and he, uh, his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. And, and, and what I was just, you know, what I was, uh, when I said, isn't that good? Because where we were at there with, you know, Paul's example, example there in 12, I said, that makes my last point. Entering into the yoke, it says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may and here it is, rest. The power of Christ rests upon you. What is the power of Christ? It's his yoke. It's easy and light. He's the one that's pulling the load. He's the one that has the power to help you out with your burden. And, and it's easy and light with him. So get in the yoke. Accept the burden that he might have placed upon you. And then, and then gladly accept it, like Paul, our example there Glad to accept it, seek him for relief, seek others for relief, and sometimes just bear it yourself, and then look back and say, oh, that's what God did in my life during that time. It's either your burden alone or your burden with somebody. According to Galatians chapter 3, our 6, verses 2 and 5. All right, that's my message today, yep.